0: Shishitaoji Gopal ki jai, Gori Vashna Guru Parampara ki jai, Krishna Janmasthami festival ki jai, Oulpremanam De. closer. So, welcome everyone. going to uh, lecture for the next my plan at least at the moment is to lecture for the next few afternoons as we approach Krishna Janmasdami having passed through Baladev, Purnim it's a good way to come to Krishna through Balaram to Gore, through Nityananda um, lecture on the Bhagavad Gita and um, I want to lecture from the fourth chapter beginning of the fourth chapter for several verses um, Krishna introduces the topic of avatar tattva so relative to the descent of Swayam Bhagavan the avatari in the form of an avatar Sri Krishna uh, who's also the speaker of the Gita it should prove interesting to explore some of these uh, verses and the very concept of Arvatar Tattva as uh, introduced there in uh, in the fourth chapter of the Gita. So, fourth chapter uh, begins with Krishna speaking, and he says, Ivam vivaśvate jogam proktavan prahu manu paramparā praptam so these are the first uh, two verses. Krishna introduces the... Uh, well, He I want to say um, very obviously in uh, these verses, beginning with the first verse. First verse, he uh, seeks to uh, create faith in... Arjuna faith in that which he's been talking about which is yoga Hmm? ostensibly he's been talking about karma yoga and jnana yoga in chapters 3 and 4 but it's not faith in jnana yoga and karma yoga that Krishna wants to create uh, in in Arjuna but of course faith in in bhakti yoga which is actually the, the real subject of the Gita, the actual uh, path that is advocated by Krishna again and again and again, about which he speaks directly, anvayad, on, on and indirectly, itarata. Hmm? Indirectly means, in this context, that sometimes he speaks about other types of yoga by contrast, hmm? other conceptions by contrast of that uh, other than bhakti-yoga, that we may look at them and what they lack in comparison to what bhakti contains and so on and so forth. So, um, at any rate, um, we'll have to get into that, the fact that it's it's bhakti yoga because it doesn't appear that necessarily. Again, the previous chapter was, um, the previous chapter and a half, I guess, the, the third and the second half of the first chapter appears to be speaking about jnana and karma for the most part, <coughs> yoga. As a method of connecting with the absolute, he break he he he, he boils them down into one. Actually, Gyan and Karma really one because they have the same goal in mind. He looks at them as different stages, so to speak. Hmm. Um, karma Yoga for purifying the heart, at which time Gyan Yoga is really feasible. One will have eligibility for, but uh, at any rate. Um, the uh, the fact that he wants to um, instill faith in Arjuna or inspire faith or create more faith in that which he's talking about. Um, this comes out, um, obviously, by his uh, beginning to in this chapter to speak about the history of the teaching. And it goes way, way back. So what I'm teaching you now is not something newfangled that I just made up or I'm making up as I go along but has quite a history has quite a a track record Mm -hmm. it goes all the way back to the sun god and I I spoke it then Mm -hmm. and he spoke it to Ikshvaku Manu and so forth evam parampara praptam so he speaks about the history and obviously Endurance, um, something that has passed the test of time. The more, we want to say, the more that a thing endures, the more real it is. Sanskrit word sat means real, and it means enduring or eternal. That which is here today and gone tomorrow is, in the estimation of Vedanta, not real. You can't count on it, right? And such is everything in the world <laughs> this reminds me for the moment to speak about the sun god here also Rinranya I was speaking to her the other day and she told me that when she learned as a child in school as a young child that the sun would burn out she wept hmm? hmm. so <laughs> so it is right hmm? so with the rising and the setting of the sun our lives are being taken away and the sun itself is burning itself out and so forth. Of course, we can't run around with signs, the sun is burning out, the sun is burning out. But those who have sattvic intelligence will take heed of that and seek a, a, a more enduring and comprehensive solution to the problem of life, a large part of which is its its uh, ephemeral and temporal nature. Nothing nothing endures, and it is enduring life and enduring happiness that we all uh, pursue so by speaking about the history of this and the great personalities who have been involved in it obviously he's um uh, this is an an effort to create greater or still inspire grow i should say the faith of arjun in that which he's been talking about. You have to re- look at now the history of the Gita. Krishna's trying to take him quite a distance. He, re- he rejected in the beginning, um, in, the, in the first chapter, the task at hand, hmm, owing to his attachments, about which he rationalized in the form of an advocacy of Dharma, righteousness, compassion, such good qualities and so forth, but this is all a rationalization for his attachment to that which was to be uh, slain. Hmm? His uh, yeah, in the form as it took, as it takes the of, of his uh, his uh, guru of the arts of the martial arts, uh, Dronacharya, and his practically his uh, his father in the form of his grandfather who raised him, Bhishma Dev. Uh, who are on the opposite side hmm, of the armies? This is, of course, the the high point of the second chapter, or excuse me, the first chapter of the Gita, where Krishna asks Arjuna to, or Arjuna asks Krishna to, not ask him but tells him, uh, drive the chariot up here so that I can see who's assembled, what 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 is. Uh, what is the task at hand, and he parks Krishna parks the chariot right in front of the biggest attachments of of um of Arjuna, so that is to be dealt with right and um whatever epiphany arjuna may have may have had at the moment, it was disconcerting to him. You know that as the chapter ends, he drops his bow. that's a very powerful, powerful statement for the greatest archer, Arjuna. He drops his bow in the face of the task at hand and he is a maharati, you know, a great, great, great warrior. So this internal battle is uh, of being a good person. It would speak of being a transcendentalist, and transcending good with a small g and bad, putting them both in the same category. This is an enormous task, he was a good person he was a very dharmic person, but to move from religion to spirituality from dharma-jignasu to brahma-jignasu this is a huge leap uh, for him, so he rationalized, and of course Krishna chastised him for that and pointed that out to him and um, immediately took the argument from Religious human orientation to life and and the moral good to the fact that it's all bad. Material compassion is like uh, concern for the dress of a drowning person, to use Prabhupada's analogy. And when it is invoked or pursued in contrast to bhakti, which is obviously the larger picture um, in which the heart of actual compassion um is is found, then it can be very problematic. We saw that in the Kalila Kali in the case of Subari muni's compassion for the fish um, that Garuda was lunching on mm. by way of Subari's cursing Garuda and committing Vaishnava parad mm. he's allowed to eat fish and uh and and the result was Kalia came there thinking that he was safe from Garuda and killed all the fish. Mm -hmm. All the fish died. So it's not a good policy to, uh, um, to misconstrue material compassion for the real face of compassion and in the context of doing that look at bhakti which can on its face at times look lacking in love and for family, friends, country um, and, and, and so on and so forth, um, uh, appear to be lacking love and lacking compassion. actually, the step back that 's involved from the world uh, in in bhakti of detachment by way of attaching oneself to things that are favorable for bhakti and foregoing those that are not is really the f- first step in the direction of actual. Love, and and beginning to see people uh, for what they are, hmm? rather than as objects for my uh, fulfillment of my sense of self, that is a creation of my own uh, mind and and, and senses. Right. So, uh, but it's not well understood. So this is a a big push for Krishna to take Arjuna from uh, from the moral good to the the capital g as I sometimes say good uh, tr- capital g good that transcends the religious life and um, uh, and and so he. Having spoken, as he does in the beginning of the second chapter, about the nature of the Atma, which is Sat. Krishna's discourse on the Atma deals almost entirely with the Sat feature of the Atma. There in the second chapter of the Gita, it's eternal. It can't be burned, it can't be drowned, it cannot be blown away. Hmm. It cannot be uh, uh, harmed by any weapon, it can't die, and so on and so forth. It's amazing. Um, That's his kind of conclusion, which takes it slightly to another level. But it's it's real, right? Mm-hmm. It's not temper; it's enduring. Again, as I said earlier, that which endures, to the extent that it does, it has credibility. If we have the we have in the United States what they call the Ivy League schools, the the the, the term comes from the idea that there's Ivy growing on the walls all the way up the brick walls which means it's been there for a long long time hmm. this is the idea so it's not a new new um, mindfulness university or something right? um, um, it may be a little bit mindless but anyway <laughs> in another sense. But at any rate, it's been around. so It has credibility. So um, uh, so then, of course, in the middle of that second chapter, Krishna then breaks from speaking about the Atma philosophically, theoretically, to the means by which it can be realized, which is yoga. Hmm? Second half of the... Second chapter into the third chapter, which is entitled Karma Yoga. So, this, this is what he's been talking about, and he wants to say, or he does say here as the chapter begins, that this teaching is not something I just made up. It's been around for a long, long time, as long as the sun's been around. It's a long time, right? And uh, in this way, he seeks to grow Arjuna's faith, which, of course, is what. Uh, the entirety of eligibility for bhakti constitutes faith in its efficacy. Hmm? Um, but there's another... Um, and, of course, he, he mentions very dignified and extraordinary people who have been involved also, right? Hmm? And um, uh, But there's another sense in which... Uh, this uh these two introductory verses really are uh connected, so to speak, very tightly with the whole uh discussion of Avatar Tattva that proceeds for another some some ten some verses, something like that. Hmm. Um, um. Avatara of course, literally means to cross, cross down, cross from up to down. Tota means to cross, av- to, uh, down, so to come down, cross down. To it's a popular word, avatar, and it's in the must be in the English dictionary. And now there's a famous movie called Avatar, and everybody has uh, supposed to have their avatars online, where they where they make their appearance hmm. digitally, where they incarnate in the digital world. Right, hmm. <laughs> um, it's a, of course, a uh, a very uh, big uh, subject in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. In in that, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, briefly, referring to Rupa Goswami's logo Bhagavatamrita, within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we have many, many, a very nuanced understanding of avatara Obviously that's not going to come here in the Gita, just a general principle of, of the, the descent, the crossing over from, from beyond time and space to within time and space on the part of the Godhead. Of which, and again this is not what we find in the Gita, but in the works of the Goswamis, there are many, many types. There are the guna avatars, there are the yuga avatars, there are the lila avatars. There are the Shaktyavesha avatars and different kinds of Shakti avatars and so on and so forth. Very big subject. It's fascinating hmm, to, uh, to just think about the extent to which the, the Godia uh, founding uh, Charges um, contemplated the nature of the Absolute and uh, his descent within the world to different extents and so forth and so on. Um, So a very, very big topic, and it's one of the nine, excuse me, well, nine sheltered subjects of Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam describes in the uh, second canto, the end of the second canto, I believe the tenth chapter, that the book is about ten different subjects. Hmm? Nine of them are called ashrita tatva and one of them is called the ashraya tattva. ashray means the shelter so one is the shelter of nine that are sheltered under the one hmm? and so the bhagavatam of course explains there that the purpose of these other subjects like sarga bisarga the the, the the principal creation the secondary creation avataranu uh, charitam Ishakata. Hmm? The talks about uh, the avatars. This is another of the topics. Hmm? Um, there's nine of them. The 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 purpose of 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 these topics. They, the point being here is, as the Bhagavatam explains, they show up also, to one extent or another, in other texts. Hmm? But there's a way in which they show up in the Bhagavatam that's important. So. Overall, it's important for us to understand different texts, what their purpose is, and how, in the context of, in the process of understanding the context, we can dismiss or relativize one statement or another statement from this book or that book. A lot of the devotees don't really quite understand this, and they just kind of quote from some book, somewhere, some. Shastra. Some, I mean, we were talking a little bit about a about a Anangamanjari Samputika. Uh, somebody just quotes it there. See, hmm. it's said right there. Hmm. Well, okay, <laughs> that may be. But who wrote it? What was? It? When was it written? What have has come before it hmm. in the form of the Goswamis' works? What does Chaitanya Charitamri to say about it? This is very very important hmm, from our point of view. Understanding what what our tradition says, hmm, what is its conceptual orientation to the sacred texts and so forth, in which the Bhagavatam takes the central place. So other Puranas also talk about the creation. They may also talk about the avatars. Indeed, there is the Nishinga Purana, hmm, for example. There is the Matsya Purana. There is the Kurma Purana. There's the Geruda Purana. Hmm. Um, this is the, the Bhagwat Purana. We look at this as the hub around which these other texts orbit. Other Puranas are sattvic in nature, or they may be rajasic in nature. They may be tamasic in nature. That doesn't make them bad. It means that they are catering to people who are predominantly influenced by tamas, or rajas, or Satva. And what is the Bhagwatam's position? Amalam Puranam. Yadvaishnavanam Priyam. Hmm? Right? It is a spotless I means It's not touched by the modes. Its subject is purely transcendental. Hmm? param, Dimahi. So it talks about subjects that are also talked about in other Puranas but from a particular angle hmm? with a particular purpose in mind. I mean, this is kind of a common sense, right? To, uh, to understand the book like this. But it's unfortunate that Common sense is not that common hmm. and in the name of revelation and citing scripture and so forth um, many persons I see in the present time they don't uh, have this this context and uh, That that's uh, a recipe for Appa hmm. misrepresentation and so forth hmm. so the purpose of course of the other nine topics is to shed light on the shelter hmm that all these things are sheltered under one, that topic being Krishna himself, who is the subject of, at least in terms of the comprehensive beginning to end, so to speak, as it appears in this world, leela narrative of Krishna's life, the tenth canto is the center of the Bhagavatam, right? It's much larger than the other cantos, and it's really what it's all about. Hmm. So, Uh, These topics, so let's take, for for example, the creation and the secondary creation. So these are explanations taken from other Puranas that are put in there. Hmm? But what's important in the Bhagavad Purana is that the creation is subject to and sheltered under Krishna, whose Amsa, Paramatma, Vishnu, manifests the world. Out of compassion, makes possible the opportunity for bhakti, and so on and so forth. So, so these, you know, start to understand what's important about the text, right? Hmm? And um, um, what's somewhat uh, relative. So what are the purposes and so the, of these sheltered topics? And of course, they're they're spoken about by way of direct. Um, explanation of them and stories about them. So again, they take for creation for example. There are many creation stories in the Bhagavatam. Which one you want to take? There are, there are several of them. There's the churning of the of the Mandara mountain in the in the ocean of nectar. Milk? Milk ocean. It's nectar. And nectar came out, right? And um, there are other ones, too. Again, I can't recall all of them, but there are a number of creation stories. So These are ways, the Bhagavatam itself explains, there in the second canto of talking about a subject to make it understandable, and that all, not with some aim to thoroughly analyze material nature and exactly how it works precisely um, in great detail, but in an overarching sense, to speak about it as a sheltered topic or subject of of the shelter-giving subject, that nature, the world, has a consciousness source that without that touch it's inert. Hmm? It brings it to life. And so this is what the book's about. Hmm? So, among those topics, then, uh, Avataranu Charitam or Ishakata, hmm? is one of them and so we have the story of ram is there uh, the story of narasimha braha for example so the number of avatars that's uh, sto- stories are are told so it's a big uh, uh big subject and hmm? uh, uh, the idea in general being that from outside of time and space the God that appears within time and space our frame of reference with a view to take us beyond its the the limitations of that um, orientation so Krishna begins imam bivashvate yogam Proktava maham avyam back to yoga he says the yoga that I'm teaching you about is avyayam it's imperishable. Hmm? So, while he was talking ostensibly, as I mentioned, about jnana yoga, about karma yoga, and careful study of the Gita makes clear that the driving force behind karma yoga is rajaguna. The driving force behind jnana yoga is sattva-guna. Neither of which, rajaguna or sattva-guna, can produce a nirguna effect, a near a transcendental result. Hmm? So, therefore, what? Jnana Yoga and Karma Yoga cannot be Avyayam in the full sense of the term. It cannot be imperishable. The, the, re, the results derive from them. Neither the, the methods themselves. Indeed, in his discourse on Karma Yoga, Krishna makes clear but karma yoga, nishkam karma yoga, is something that's practiced to be left behind and replaced with jnana yoga. So if yoga that he's talking about is imperishable, it can't be the raja yoga, or excuse me, the, the, the karma yoga governed by driven by raja guna. Hmm? Neither can it be jnana yoga, which is again, driven by sattva, and sattva is as good as it is. Hmm? is still a uh, uh, an influence of the material nature. Hmm. So, he must be talking about bhakti-yoga, which, as the, 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 the good student, uh, the studious will know, when Krishna began in the middle of the second chapter to speak about yoga, what is the first thing that he said? He said, neha bhikramanāśo sti pratyavāyana vidyate svalapam apiyasya dhārmasya Neha bhikramanāśo sti. Neha, neha bhikramanāśo sti. There is, in this yoga that I'm teaching about, there's never any loss, any diminution. And he says it in another way, svalapam apiyasya there's never any loss. A little gain hmm, can save one from the greatest danger. So he first begins to speak about yoga. He's speaking about a kind of yoga that must be different from karma yoga and jnana yoga because its it, its results are permanent. Hmm? And when he ends his discourse on yoga, what does he say? Shadavan hmm? bhajateh Yomam same yuktatamomata. Same yuktatamomata. yukta utama. Hmm? He speaks, of, this is the end of the sixth chapter, the final verse there, he says. So we take the first verse, and the final verse in his discourse about yoga, each one is about bhakti. In the end, he says, Do bhakti yoga. It's, it's based on faith in me, hmm? and yuktatama. It is the utama form of yuktam of making, which which yoga is about, making union with me. It's a comprehensive form. Hmm? Indeed, without some ingress of bhakti, as we know, into karma yoga and gyan yoga, they cannot be efficacious unto themselves in terms of producing the desired result of mukti. Hmm? So Krishna is speaking about yoga, Hmm? and he's speaking about bhakti yoga. And he's speaking about the system by which this yoga is distributed in the world. Hmm? The Parampara system. Hmm? Relative to, of course, the Janmasthami and the descent of Krishna, who's avatari, but appears as an avatar, along with Ram, his Amsu. His Amsu, I should say. Hmm? Um Relative to that larger discussion at our festival um, it's sometimes the descent of Krishna in the Janamastami, the appearance of Krishna in the world is looked at metaphorically as a metaphor for what? Krishna's appearance the Janamastami is a metaphor for Diksha, diksha is what received the began from parampara. So, um, of course, that's not all. It is. Krishna does take birth. I was asked recently in Poland by a young man, "Does Krishna can Krishna die?" I said, "If he, why not? If he's born." He can die. Hmm. Why not? <laughs> right? If he <laughs> and the two are really no different, hmm. yeah, just different, different sides of of, of the same coin. Hmm. Just the perception. Um, he's not born. That's the teaching. Hmm. He doesn't die, but he is born, so he does die. Apparently, that's another leela, right? that verse is still coming in this in, the, in this section um, um, but um, aside from the fact that the Leela is a reality to experience a way in which the absolute expresses itself in love for its Parts and parcels devoted, parts and parcels in the form of play. Lokavatu, lila yam. Hmm? This play, the world is play. Hmm? Play within play, so to speak. The world is called srishti Lila. Within the, the lila of the of the creation, he comes and has his own his own play. Right. Hmm? It's a very interesting theological uh, notion, but. Um, it is sometimes used as well as a metaphor for diksha, the means by which Krishna appears in our lives. Hmm? And that diksha is what we receive, it means through the parampara. Hmm? And so Krishna introduces the concept of the parampara here uh, to Arjuna, and um, he says some interesting things about it. um he references the sun god hmm. so the sun Krishna's of course in the uh in the, in the dynasty of the moon, but he references the dynasty of of the sun god which is Ramchandra one of the avatars um, principal avatars of krishna's uh, di- uh Dynasty but he himself, Krishna, while speaking about himself, he all at the same time refers more or less to, to Narayan. Hmm? Sometimes uh, Vivaishvan is, is described as Naranarayan Narayan Rishi hmm? or you can say Surya Narayan, sometimes it's Surya Narayan he has a name Vivaishvan and so forth, but it's a reference to divinity. And the important thing, of course, to draw from this is, is what? Is it the guru in the parampara? Must be sakshadhari. Sakshadhari tvena. Must be, in a representational sense, directly Krishna. What does that mean? That, Prabhupada, of course give the example, it's a very simple but clear example. If the ambassador of any particular country is sent to another country, then that ambassador, he or she is sent on behalf of the head of the state and uh, his or her duty is to be transparent and represent what the head of state wants uh, to communicate to the other nation Hmm? accurately, right? He's not his own man, so to speak. Hmm? He's completely on on a... on a uh, c- controlled uh, mission hmm? he, he has to uh, represent accurately so it means tadbigyana what it was a uh, um yes yeah, sorry but it means he must know the umhm no uh shabde pare tanishnatam Shabde parechanishnata and Brahmani which is required to do that. Shabde <laughs> that means he must know the scripture, Shabda, from a theological point of view. Hmm? Not from a non theological, so to speak, point of view, which is how we would describe the Advaitivad, a non theological perspective on the scripture. Hmm? One in which God disappears as a provisional. Uh, personality, hmm. uh, not yeah. an enduring one with enduring form and lila and so forth. This is the Bhagavatam's explanation. Shubde uh Chanishnatam. He or she is very well acquainted with the sacred text, the Tatva. This is the ground, right, out of which the Bhava will 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 will, 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 will surface, will grow. Hmm. So, um, Shraddha which is our eligibility for taking up the path, is sometimes described as a Shastra What is it? Faith in what? Faith in this argument that descends, faith in the very argument that unto myself, on my own, given my present equipment of mind, senses, and intellect, which are all a product of my uh, bondage, hmm, I don't have the currency for purchasing Real estate and land beyond birth and death. Hmm? I so I need a, a, a installment, alone or a loan, an investment from from the other side. Hmm? That is called uh, revelation. I to use Marsh's mathematics, that, what did he say? That uh, the finite cannot know the infinite, but if the infinite, out of its infin- infinite capacity, wants to make the finite know the infinite. Then it can do, such as it's is the nature of the infinite, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of the general argument. If you want to have perfect knowledge, you have to have a perfect method. You can't use imperfect instruments. Mm-hmm. You need a perfect method. This is the perfect method: Re- revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, the scripture i've sometimes or often i should say described as kind of an answer to the question that human life is why why am i purpose meaning an answer that can't be given by 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 material nature which answers the how questions it's not a, a quantitative questions not qualitative questions so scripture is for this and the guru must be acquainted with that and and considerably because uh, to understand it in context, um, to understand it in the context of the entirety of the sacred texts themselves, um, in the context of the tradition and how it's been interpreted by the tradition, by the sampradaya. then you know, we have a certain interpretation of the sacred text coming, from, as we learned, we mentioned the other night from, from the Goswamis, hmm, given directly by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana so Goswami. Hmm? And uh, to understand it also, and be able to present it in the context of the world in which one's in, hmm? in a way that will have will have currency and um, um, be compelling. Which Vishvanatratyatakara says, as a, by as a way of saying, says, Nishtanta means not only that he or she knows the scripture very well as I'm speaking, but but, but knows other books too. Hmm? Other, let's say, currents. We find this with the Goswamis. They were fully acquainted with the, all of the philosophical currents of thought at the time. They were only six, so it wasn't that hard. Today, there's like six million, and ever since, ever since reason, reasoning has been unhinged from faith and revelation. The mind and intellect have been allowed. Allowed, if not encouraged, that is, think as you like, mm-hmm. then there are too many currents of philosophical and non philosophical thought in the disguise of philosophical thought to, to really keep up with. But to some extent, we need to be a little current, right, to uh, to accurately represent and Brahmanu Pasha really, to be grounded. In the tatva, enough to speak about it actually, one has to be standing on the ground of that tatva itself. Hmm? Not just that means not just intellectual learning, hmm? memorization, parrot-like repeating, hmm? but um, that uh, that. What one's what one talks, one walks. Hmm? So, not an easy task. And Krishna has referred to extraordinary people. He says, and what kind of people? And to like I gave it to the sun god, Narayan. If you look at it like that, Krishna is saying something pretty profound. I spoke it to Narayan. Well. <laughs> But in one sense, he's referring to Orion because it's unclear at this point that he's God. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, it's not something that's really on Arjuna's mind to see him as a friend and, for that matter, his chariot driver. Mm-hmm. He's not overtly God. Later, he shows himself overtly to be God. That's another thing. He shows his Aishwarya in the middle chapters, in the 11th chapter, the theology of the Gita. In those chapters he begins to speak about it, but here, as of yet, this is just a little, just entering into Avatar Tattvaya, so a reference to Narayan, God. Hmm? Implication, in one sense, is Guru, who is in the Parampara, must be Godlike, hmm? in the sense in which I'm speaking. And he refers, to, he speaks of Manu. Manu, you can say, is who has perfect character. <laughs> he wrote the Manu Samhita. No one can follow that. <laughs> Fortunately, we don't have to be that good, but <laughs> but something like that. Have good. Uh, he wrote the book on on morals at that time. On those circumstances, morality, of course, is something that the Bhagwat um, and the Mahabharat both um, tell us is determined not just by scriptural statements, but by applying reason in conjunction with scriptural statements, in consideration of the time and the circumstances and the exact um, detail of that you're weighing in on mm. at, at the moment, whether this is ethically sound or not. It's unfortunate that religion is often pres- um, described as being a book of old rules about what's right and what's wrong that... Uh, don't take into consideration, because they were written so long ago, hmm? all the things that are happening now and how different the world is, and so on and so forth. Of course, what the scriptures are really speaking about, whatever religion they may be tied to, I would, I would say, is, that, is that about the, the fact that there are moral principles, that there is the world is meaningful, purposeful. There is a right. There is a wrong. Hmm. they're ontologically grounded. What the details of what is right or wrong in any given time or circumstance, well, that, that's that's to be determined. Hmm? That's, that's again, a detail. But the principle is that there are, there is real, actual right and wrong. That means the world has purpose. The world has meaning. If you ump- uproot that moral principle and say, the world has no purpose. It's just dust in the wind. Hmm? Then, good luck in uh, in any moral advocacy that follows that, hmm? Hmm. Uh, and how in terms of how compelling it will be, what what kind of power it will have to actually bring about uh, um, decency and whatnot in in, in human society you can argue about it but really the the moral ideas they come from from the, the very idea that life has purpose life has meaning and so forth and so on so manu Ikshvaku, hmm, uh Bibaswan, the character he want to say the character of those in the parampara system they're extraordinary and if for some reason hmm, that, that that there's a misrepresentation. I'm backing it up, he says. Sakhalinamata yoganashtaparatha. I'm backing it up. So how is this then uh, uh, in, uh, often employed as a metaphor, this parampara system, and the, the essence of it being the imparting of diksha? In other words, we become a member through diksha. We get the card. Hmm? We get our name in the book. Hmm? He's a member. She has the mantra. Hmm? The Parampara is representing the deity, and he has a mantra that corresponds with him, and it is transmitted hmm? from the heart of the guru hmm? into the heart of, of the disciple. There, there's, a, there's a bond. Now you, uh, you're a ma- marked person, right? in in a good way in a positive way um of course there's more to that there's teaching and siksha and so forth that uh, that uh, serves to um fertilize to water to to grow the seed the bhakti lata be hmm? again of course we we understand from this it's pretty obvious that bhakti is not already there in you the capacity to to love is present in you you're not just dull matter Hmm. so if you're from the other side get an invitation to the party hmm, so to speak that is the idea Parampara then hmm, you can enter the circle of love the circle of friends hmm. um, so in Bhagwat then um, in, uh, this looking at this Parampara and the avatar tattva the very de- descent the subject of this this 4th chapter, the beginning part of it, um, um, uh, looking at that as a metaphor for um, Janamasthami, right? Janamasthami means Krishna is appearing and he's appearing in the Leela. There's the story uh, There's the there's the history if you will of that. There's the experience of that on the part of advanced uh, devotees internally and so forth but there is the experience of Krishna coming into our life through Guru Parampara is, is the point, right? Through Diksha. Hmm? Getting the, the seed for 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 loving him, that the the bhakti samskars that are the seed of the Rati through which you will develop the love. Rati means love, the love that you will you will develop for Krishna. Hmm? So in looking at this Diksha as a metaphor, hmm, and the Parampara system, if you will. Then, of course, uh, Vasudeva. Vasudeva is the father of Krishna, hmm? the famous father of Krishna in uh, in Mathura. And Vasudeva is, of course, the name for the transcendental state itself. It's the state of transcendence. The Vasudeva state. Vasudeva Sarvamiti. Hmm? Shabdeva, what is it, Bhagavatam say, Vasudeva... Anyway, the Vasudev state, the state of transcendence. So, metaphorically speaking, Vasudev, the father of Krishna, represents that state, and he is descending, this Vasudev state, is descending into the world hmm, in the form of Devaki. Devaki means, is the, is the daughter of Devaka. Devaka means. Uh, like, divine play. Hmm. So, um, this avatar descent is, uh, in terms of Krishna, of course, is, is is a leela. It is his primary leela. Hmm. It's a lila the, uh, that's human-like hmm. and that the, the the world of humanity, therefore, facilitates, like I've often said, a drama or a movie is said to be enhanced by being filmed on location. So the human-like leela of Krishna, in in Ujjwal Nilamani, Goswami makes the point, there's something special about the prakat leela, the manifest leela, that's not there in the apricot. Even though they're the same, in essence, there's something about it that's special. And that's interpreted in different ways. Jeeva Goswami would say, well, it's parakya, it's not there in the apricot, but... Uh, different ways of, of thinking about that. But it is special, to be sure. Hmm. This is the Leela of Leelas within the Srishti Leela, the Leela of creation of Mahavishnu, the Leela of Krishna, hmm. the, uh, the the fountainhead of all avatars, Swayam Bhagawan. So he appears in the world, but he's not of the world. So, Bhakti, De, uh, I want to say Devaki represents Bhakti, the surrounding in which it provides, um, it facilitates the play of Bhagavan hmm? Hmm? But bhakti, at the same time, Rupa Goswami has explained there are three stages of his Uttam Bhakti there's sadhana bhakti, bhava bhakti, and Uttam bhakti. Hmm. Or, excuse me, Prem Bhakti all of which are Uttambhakti. The subject of his book is bhakti. It has a, one type called Vaidhi, one type called rag, hmm? and it has, each of them have divisions. Sadhana, uh, Bhava, and Prem. Hmm? So the Sadhana bhakti. Hmm? this is the beginning stage that Metaphorically speaking, Devaki's life prior to Krishna's actual appearance in her womb and, and you so sort to of speak from her womb um, represents Sadhana Bhakti, which is concerned with what? bhakti is obviously concerned with developing love of Krishna, but it's if it's done properly, it's it's um in its concern for love of Krishna in its pursuit as an ideal, it also has its focus on what needs to be done in the immediate, hmm, in terms of the next step to progress in that direction, which is uh, you know quite a few steps to go. Hmm. This Rasa Tattva is not a plaything of the intellect hmm, or the computer. Hmm, uh, nectar and Grabs this and pulls this from this book and this book, and uh, and, and, and uh, I unfortunately see this uh, more often than not <clears throat> um, Making a plaything out of out of Lila, and then and you know In the name of Manjari Bhav Sakyuras is bad Nasiras is bad mm-hmm. for example These things are are very much to be avoided, like the plague. If we uh, want to understand, uh, uh, sometimes I get questions about Rasa Tattva, and I ask, who is your guru? You're asking me about Rasa Tattva. Who is your guru? Do you even have a guru? Ado Guru Vashraya. This is the beginning. Hmm? And if, if, yeah, so... And oftentimes it's no, <laughs> and uh, so uh, uh, this is again, this is not just an intellectual exercise. Mm. Go milk a cow. is kind of you know try milking a cow for a while. take care of a cow. Maybe you learn something about rasatattva mm. bhakti talk. was once approached and asked about rasatva and he said, hey, I don't know ask the gardener. he knows. Mm. Puri told us, and he said he wasn't being facetious in any way gardener knows, to see his attitude how he takes care of the plants how, what, how he's in the moment mm-hmm. taking everything that comes to him as a divine opportunity to serve, taking it seriously paying attention to it mm-hmm. connecting it all with, with, his, with the ideal and so on and so forth mm-hmm. milking a cow is not just milking a cow in other words, properly understood. So, um, no, it's a big, 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 uh, big topic. And uh, there are, um, 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 despite a connection to the guru-parampara in receiving diction, nonetheless, we see that there are obstacles in the way. So we find obstacles in the life of Devaki. Hmm. It, it, it seems that her own life is threatened. It's an interesting point. I was visiting with uh, Gurungi Priya not long ago, sometime back, and she told me that she was putting together a book of all of the things that happened to devotees in the Bhagavatam that were like mind blowing. That if it happened to you, all of your Facebook friends would go, Oh, prayers for you, you know, <laughs> oh, whatever. You poor thing. Mm-hmm. Right. That, you know, things that you couldn't imagine, like what happened to the Pandavas. And she was going through a list of them and thought, well, there's quite a few, yeah. Very, very uh, many obstacles that may be there on the path of Bhakti. And this is, a, this is again, this is many, many steps. This is a very high ideal. We have uh, Isha-kata, Avatar kata Krishna-kata. Um, uh, uh, and so forth. It's very charming and whatnot, but it's a very high thing to to attain. Hmm? We have to be attracted by it in a practical way to to apply ourselves to the task at hand. Sadhana bhakti, which is a form of Bhutan bhakti, is kind of bhakti apprenticeship, hmm? and it's a, largely about getting the obstacles out of the way. Hmm? And where are those obstacles? Is it him or is it her? Is it this place, or is it that place? Hmm? It's this place, right here, in between the ears, right? The mind, which is the center of the senses. Hmm? And metaphorically speaking, of course, these obstacles appeared in Devaki's life in the form of the death of her son. She had six sons hmm? that were slain by Kamsa. And so she had some healthy fear of of Kamsa, which is uh, sometimes metaphorically explained to be a fear of these kamkrod, loba, moha, Mada, matsarya uh, 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 lust, anger greed, kamkrod, loba, uh, moha bewilderment, illusion, um, uh, matsarya, envy, and so forth or um, these are all like sons of Mar- of marichi of the mind the sons of devaki are said to be sons of of marichi and then previous to that they were connected with hranyakashipu i believe they offended brahma or hmm. uh, or they were or they were sons of Bra- marichi and they offended brahma right and then they had to take birth um in, uh, in 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 a situation that in circumstances that when they would get get reaction for their offense to Brahma, Hmm? And so that's why they were slain by Kamsa. But from Devaki's point of view, of course, there were children in the womb, and she was fearful for them. So she had a point being, in her representing Bhakti, she had a healthy fear of the uncontrolled mind and senses. Hmm? For which we try to keep ourselves... In an environment that it would be difficult for the uncontrolled mind and senses to have food out of sight out of mind hmm? keep uh keep good association right hmm? and, 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 and not to trust oneself not to go to the market alone because hmm? you're with your mind wherever you go. And your some scars, and you've been in the ashram for so many years, and then you have to go out and get something, and and, and nobody's around, except those some scars that still haven't been. They've been pushed down, and they've been through. Only through actual spiritual progress can they be disassembled, dismissed, and and done away with. But that's not just going to you know, gonna happen in a few days, in a few years. You know the story of Bhakti disciples, senior disciples. Sannyasis who came to him after ten years of practice and, and and said, we have a doubt. What is a doubt? Guru Maharaj said, um, and they replied that after ten years so many high things we hear from you about Bhakti Rasa and so forth, but those things are not coming within us, so we have a doubt about the the, the, the practice. Hmm. It's not working. Why did he say, oh, he said, I'm relieved. If you had said after 10 years all those things are coming, then I knew there would be a problem. Hmm? It's not such a cheap thing. Hmm? I've said before that, um, of course, rag bhakti is about following the Raghatmikas who have Anadi siddhasamskars. It means without any beginning, they have, a, they have a tendency that's innate within them to learn, serve and love Krishna. Hmm? We are... Anari bahir muk with a with a time without beginning, we have some scars for not serving Krishna. Hmm? So we immediately, in opposite, <laughs> we we are in touch with the some scars of those bhaktas, those ragatmikas, through Guru Parampara. But the task at hand is to through bhakti do away with those material sum scars. Which can't be done away with by any other method. They'll just stay with you, life after life after life after life. Hmm? So sometime or other, you've got you to deal with it, and it's going to take time. And then you can see, I'm out of the association. I'm alone, but you're not alone. You're still with your mind, you're still with your senses, and you find, oh, they're, they're, it's coming up. So rather than running after that because no one's around, do you think, I got to get back to the, to the to the to the ashram in my house or in the ashram or get sadhusanga. I haven't finished my rounds, or whatever may be the case. Hmm? So, don't. That's what sadhana bhakti, that's what this, the Sadaka day is about. As I often said, it's a, it's a work in progress, right? The senses have a tendency to go towards the sense objects for their own purpose, and an identity is created. So, we serve that identity. Hmm? That identity has to be done away with. you're not that Varnashram identity or non-Varnashram identity outside of Varna varna Sankara uh, identity, you're not Hmm? it's created by bringing the senses in touch with sense objects for that identity for its pleasure and by contrast preem it's just the opposite for the pleasure of rishikesh krishna the master of the senses bring our senses in touch with sense objects and we have many nice things um in krishna seva to bring our senses in touch with in that way it's it's quite user friendly but hmm, that doesn't mean it's easy it's easier than lying on a bed of nails or standing in the in the ganga at uh, in the month of mag up to your neck in the mi- at midnight hmm? To prove to yourself and demonstrate that that uh, that uh, that hot and cold are just uh, uh, figments of the imagination, they're just uh, something in the mind, hmm? which is not real in a sense. It's not satt. Hmm? That's a little difficult, right? To chant Hari Krishna is very easy comparatively, hmm? but the work at hand re- is the same to remove the some scars. But you're removing them in a powerful way by simultaneously bringing in bhakti-samskars. Prabhupada gave a nice example. If you take a bottle of milk, excuse me, of ink, and you pour milk into it. And as you pour milk into it, milk and ink will come out, milk and ink will come out. You keep pouring the milk, and after a while, only milk will come out. Hmm? I thought it was a nice example. (laughs) Uh, So, so metaphorically speaking, there are some obstacles for um, uh, uh, Devaki, who in the beginning we look at her then as, in this sense, as, 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 as sadhana bhakti. And for Krishna to fully manifest like his presence there. And what does Mahaprabhu say? Asli, um, is that verse from? Fourth verse of Shikshastakam? No, fourth verse. Third verse. Fourth verse. Fifth verse. Ayinanda Tanuja Kinkaram. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Ayinanda Tanuja kingaram This means that the object of my love is coming fully in, into focus. Right? Hmm? For that, of course, we need... Bhakti, a big part of Bhakti, is, is, of course, is, 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 is Sadhu Sangha. So, of course, these six six sons, this, these these six problems, or the mind and the senses, mind being the sixth sense, are controlled sufficiently. Balaram comes into the womb of Devaki. Hmm. We've got a, another guru, <laughs> we can say, the Siksha Guru, help us further, right? Hmm. And then Krishna appears, right? Hmm. So, through Guru Parampara, through Diksha, hmm, we can look at the Leela of Krishna Janmasthami as a metaphor and think uh, about um, bringing about, so to speak, uh, that we're in the process of bringing about his appearance in our life. That Leela, that drama, coming to a theater near you means in your heart, and the work to be done is to erect the the dramatical stage of sharanagati hmm? this is the focus of saidal bhakti shraddha and sharanagati shraddha means faith sharanagati means the the external expression of that faith of surrender accepting things favorable rejecting the unfavorable accepting krishna as one's protector maintainer so forth humility hmm? self resignation resigning oneself over like a like a like an animal sold out Take me where and I, wherever you take me, and I go. Something like that. This is Sharanagati. That, that, every pramika is a Sharanagata. Hmm. So that, we see that in Bhagavata, all well, in the Govinda the, uh, Lila. Everyone takes shelter of Krishna. Hmm. Right? It doesn't make a lot of sense. His arguments to Nanda Maharaj, it's not that they were that great. I mean, he's giving arguments from karma, imamsa, from nyaya, from from sankhya, but Nan is just enamored by it. My son speaking philosophy. Hmm? Okay, we'll take shelter of you, hmm. rather than indra, and so forth. And the whole of the brudge does so. Hmm? This is... Um, uh, get rid of all the other gods, just Krishna, take shelter of Him alone. So, we can look at the jhanamastami in this way. We want Krishna to take birth in, in our life, to come fully into our life, and sadhana bhakti is the way, is, is the means. Hmm? Through good association, through guru-parampara, this opportunity comes to us. It's not something that's inherent in us. It's, it's a blessing. Hmm? We should take advantage of it, if, in the context of doing so, built into the system, Krishna says there may be some difficulty, even with the character, the person, of the of the parampara. Although he cites the kind of examples of people who should be there, sometimes that parampara system becomes um, corrupted, and Krishna says, "I back it up." Hmm? So I, I'm. Uh, what's the solution to that problem? The, the parampara has a solution to the to the problem of the, and the within the parampara. It's not, there's no other other solution. Hmm? There can only be misrepresentation of Krishna or uh, gurus who misrepresent. If there are gurus who rep- represent properly, right? Misrepresentation is requires representation to begin with. So, mm, with a sincere heart and so forth, uh, we go forward and Krishna will appear in our life into course. Any question? Yes. I'm trying to understand a bit uh, more the idea of Krishna as uh, Yuga Avatar and then Krishna Balaram, and then... In a particular manifestation during of Brahma and Krishna Himself. And so, does that, does that, uh, how does that work? Well, there are Yuga avatars, so for every Yuga. There's an avatar, um, typically. Although in Kali Yuga, some say there's not, or the the avatar is hidden, or um, the name is the avatar, and so forth. But Yuga avatars come to teach the Dharma in every Yuga. Hmm? Right? Hmm. So, uh, that doesn't mean that Krishna himself, from his Leela, is coming... As the Yuga Avatar, hmm? every every Treta Yuga, so the Treta Yuga um, comes, and how many Treta Yugas are there in a day of Brahma? So there are so many cycles of the Yugas, right? The Yugas are going in cyclically: hmm? Satya, Treta, Dwapara, Kali, a day of Brahma. Now is it a day of Brahma? Each Yuga. One day of Brahma, it's a thousand yuga cycles. So a thousand of those cycles, you cycle through from Satya Yuga around to Kali Yuga and back to Satya Yuga a thousand times. That's said to be one day of Brahma. Okay? So, there's a yuga avatar for each one of those yugas a thousand times, and one day of Brahma goes by. And then in that after that one day, then within the Treta Yuga, at the end of the Treta Yuga, excuse me, the end of the Dwarpa Yuga, hmm, Krishna himself is coming for his lila, for reasons of his own. Hmm. And um, he's arguably also the the, the Yuga Avatar at, at that time. But he's not coming himself personally. And similarly, when Krishna comes once in the day of Brahma, then Krishna has to make up for the shortcomings of his leela, his indebtedness to the gopis, Hmm? and he does so in the form of appearing in the Kali Yuga, which is very close, because we're at the end of the Dwarpa Yuga, Krishna appears, and then the Kali Yuga appears at, at, at the beginning as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he's trying to make up for his inability to reciprocate in kind for the gopis' love. So that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is only coming once in a day of Brahma. He says, Krishna says to the gopis, even if I tried for a day of Brahma, I could not adequately uh, respond in love for the way in which you've shown, the measure in which you've shown love for me. But I'll try. Hmm? So, once in the day of Brahma I'll give it a try <laughs> and then I'll come as a sadhu hmm? so that's a, that's a very special appearance otherwise it's going on Krishna Lila is going on and the Yuga Avatars are coming hmm? and there are different manifestations of of of, 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 of 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 the Godhead so there's a difference between the Yuga Avatars and Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even when they may appear once in the day of Brahma in a time that coincides with the Yuga avatars. Therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was said to be the Yuga avatar and more. Hmm? He's doing the work of the Yuga avatar, which is spreading the Nam Dharma, but he's also pursuing his own inner answer to his own inner questions about his nature and, and what is Radha's experience of it. So, I don't know if that answers your question, but. Or just not as well manifested when it's not the midday of Brahma? Yeah, the other yuga dharma of Krishna. Other days of Brahma? Yeah, other days. When there are other days of Brahma, well, a, a day of Brahma is a thousand yuga cycles. Right, okay, so another hour, let's say. Okay, okay. so, midday. yeah. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Yeah. No, Krishna's not coming as the Yuga Avatars. Krishna is said to appear in another sense at the dawn of creation of Brahma and enlighten him, initiate him. Hmm? So he has the darshan of Krishna, then Krishna disappears. Then he's doing his sadhana, whatever, his work of creation, and so on and so forth. And then at some point, well, Krishna appears for his lila, Right. So he calls up his disciple and says, Hey, come on over. You know, I'm here. I'm back in town. And check me out. And he says, I don't know if that's you. You're not sitting there giving a blessing and passing on mantras like a guru. You're holding rice and yogurt in your left hand and acting like an uncivilized person. I'm Vidhi. That's my other name. I'm the personification of righteous practice and uh, proper decorum and so forth. looks like you're impersonating my guru. So, of course, this is the Brahma Vimohan Leela. Mm-hmm. And then Krishna shows Brahma, actually, this is the full face of what you saw of me, partially, mm-hmm, when I appeared at the dawn of creation, initiated you. Sakshadhari, tvena Shastra. You saw that side of me. Now you're seeing kintu priyavatasya. Hmm? The Guru is sakshatvaritvena, in a representational sense, directly hari. But, Vishwanath Chakvalitakus Kravastava says, but he is uh, a, a lover of Krishna, a devotee of Krishna. He, he He's dear to Krishna. Hmm? So this is the bhava side. So Guru comes, give the teaching, but he has a bhava, she has bhava. That will become acquainted with, in due course. We may become acquainted theoretically, but in due course, to see that side of the guru. So, Krishna sees Arjun sees Krishna or Brahma as a guru figure, gives him initiation, dawn of creation. The world hasn't even been created, right? And then, after some hours, <laughs> uh, right in his day, Krishna appears and and uh, and uh, and shows him his leela, right. And this bhava side of himself, which is hard, which is, Brahma's trying to put the two things together. Hmm. But now, if you want to ask, well, what happens the next day? Does that all happen again? Then I say, too many questions. (laughs) Brahma has so many days and a hundred years, and so once in the day of Brahma, Krishna's coming and, this is what's happening, in one day is happening. Hmm. This may come any days, and just Lila may be slightly different, and there may not be a Brahma Vimohana Lila. And, 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 and there's one Brahma Vimohana Lila. It happens one day of Brahma. Hmm. Uh, he's coming once in every day of Brahma, but he's, he's not bound historically by what he did previously. Hmm. So, just like, for example, Vishwana Chakritakwar comments that the dramas written by Rupa Goswami Lita Madhava, or Vidagda Madhava his opinion is that they're speaking about a different day of Brahma in which Krishna appeared in a different Prakat leader because the details are, are different than the one in the Bhagavatam the story in the Bhagavatam so it's not that Krishna has to appear every day and do the exact same thing and tell Brahma what he already told him in the previous day and uh, and so forth hmm. does that help? ok <laughs> Yeah. You want to kind of, kind of take the basic ideas, though, not to get too um, kind of distracted by by uh, details of the stories that are making a, a point to us. Hmm? So, Krishna came, he enlightened Brahma. Okay. Hmm. And the story is there, and passed on to us, that we may become enlightened as well, about this bradjaliila and its nature and so forth. What else? Yes, Haripriya? Gunamarat, you mentioned that sarnagati is the outer expression of sraddha, and that has always been for me a bit difficult to understand, because saranagati seems so high ideal, and at the same time sraddha is just kind of like the first step in our path towards love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that there's a beginning of faith. Rupa Goswami speaks of it like that. In Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu he calls it Komal Shraddha, tender faith. And then he speaks of a very firm faith, Nistha. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then he speaks of a superlative uh measure of of faith. That's that, that's so much driving the devotee that he or she has um, this uh, uh, natural kind of scriptural l- logic and understanding and is fluent, kind of speak so to speak, in the language of of Godi of Um So um, so if we look at Shraddha in the beginning the day, it's called Komal means it's tender. Hmm? And that's a that's a stage of shraddha where one's faith is not that well informed by the scriptural argument. It's not di- been digested by the intellect, and the intellect has not been there to that extent fortified by the argument to, of scripture and so forth. So it's uh, it's in a, it's in the tender stages, um, but at the same time. Um, to the we can say the extent to one's faith to the extent to which one's faith is tender sharanagati is not showing up let's give an example of that mm-hmm. someone has faith in krishna but his faith is not tempered and made strong by shastra and therefore he chants krishna's name he worships krishna but he also worships other gods and chants other gods' names and wants to cover all his bases. Hmm? So there's a god, a Saraswati, I better worship her so that my son gets good grades in school, or that I do, or, or whatever. Hmm? So his faith, in this case, is t- is is tender. There's some faith in Krishna. Maybe he's nominally speaking, a odia vaishnav has faith, but it's not very developed it's not a Sharaga Sharaga means faith in no other God hmm? ma may come Krishna says me only that not not that you don't have faith or regard in them, faith and they have powers and so forth and and they uh are to be regarded, but that Krishna they're all under the direction of Krishna, so if I put all of my chips on Krishna, all of my bases will, will be covered hmm. So he doesn't have that uh, typically, or um, so his faith is tender. So his Sharanagati. is—it's not showing up, but it's still there. Hmm? Or he has faith in Krishna and maybe not in any other you know, God, and he put all his chips on Krishna. But he doesn't rep- doesn't understand or doesn't see the Vaishnav as representative of Krishna, and where he should pay more attention. Hmm? So he worships Krishna, but he doesn't listen to the classes. They're not important. Well, somebody's there talking, but I'm going to go and give it a rupee in the box. Mm-hmm. Worship Krishna. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a classical example of the realization of a prakrta bhakta, uh bhakta. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a, a, a stage in which, uh, yes, faith is. Tender and Sharanagati in the full sense of the term is not manifesting. We 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 talked about Sharanagati being fully developed in the stage of Ruchi. So the stage of Ruchi is one thing, and the stage of sh- Shraddha is in and of, of, its, of itself is a stage, the beginning. But Sharanagati, or Ruchi, in one sense then, is the maturation of the faith. By that stage... The faith has become mature, and so the full results of the faith are being reaped at that time. We can't expect the full results of our faith to be to, to, to reap them in the beginning. So you know, kind of kind of measure our faith in that sense hmm? um, by the extent to which it has showing up practically. That I'm accepting what's favorable for Krishna service. I'm objecting, rejecting what's not, and so on and so forth. So you know that's what sadhana bhakti is about. We're, we're we're culturing that. It's a culture of the faith. Charanagati hmm? is is a is a symptom, ex- external expression of the faith, but it's a it's an exercise to becoming a sharanagata in growing of the faith and maturing maturing it. Does that help? Yes. You had a question. I was going this section of the Gita. We were discussing. You, you were saying about how um, Krishna. He also says that the, that the teaching sometimes is misrepresented and that. Um, and we were talking about how Apisudanta uh, comes in um, sometimes, and we see you know some of the topics that have been coming up recently. Um, so, I, I guess I'm, I'm asking, how how. Uh, devotees protected from that because we see even very sincere devotees or sincere in certain areas of their service but maybe they they've got some of these different narratives or problems coming up that um, they do take in some of these uh, I guess aposidantic ideas and those kind of things I guess I'm trying to harmonise how to understand that, that they can be sincere devotees but sometimes they take maybe they haven't got good guidance and these kind of things yeah, I mean, I I I don't think you can give an answer for you know in many 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 different circumstances, but um it's said that the uh, road to hell is paved with sincerity, isn't it? Good intentions. So, you know, you 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 have to have good association, you you have to have theoretical knowledge of what you're doing it's not just uh, um, what did Prabhupada used to say um, that um, that uh, religion without philosophy is simply sentiment and sentiment philosophy without sentiment is merely mental um, speculation right so you can look at it something like that. Sincerity, good intentions. Um, um, someone could have very good intentions and be sincere, but not understand what it what it is that they're even doing. Have a misunderstanding about what it is that they've just entered into, and they're sincere about it because they really like their idea of what it is. But their idea of what it is may not be what it is. Hmm? And then they become acquainted with what it is and how different it is from their idea of what it is and now their faith is being tested Is it, do you really want, this is what we're really teaching here. Michael, I'm going to give you an example, a crude example we say um, maya bodies they teach that um, you're God you don't think you're God, right? Okay, so you don't want to be a maya body all right? and um they say that you're not an individual there's only one soul and you're it you're not an individual and we teach that you are an an, an individual you go, yeah i like that i like that we, we teach that we're all individuals right mm-hmm. so you get on board with that idea now at the same time they're saying to you you're not the body you're not the mind The personality that uh, you know arises within the in the context of the body mind complex is illusory, and so on and so forth. You hear all that stuff, but that's just like music in the background. You repeat it, not the body, yes, prabhu, you know. But um, but this idea that you're an individual has been through the filter of your conditioning, has been interpreted in in a certain way. When you really get into what is the Tattvasa Shakti, what is its nature, and so forth, you, 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 you and I've seen this: the who've been devotees for thirty years, they start resisting. Can we say, like, you know, what you are is like a, a, a you know, kind of a blank slate to be written on. You know, you've got right, with Bhakti Sums, no, I'm an individual, hmm? and I like this, and therefore I should be such and such Gopi, or you know, something all right and so now they're being acquainted with the teaching on a deeper level but they're and they're sincere but they're sincere about something that's not what the teaching is hmm? and are they now their sincerity is going to be get an opportunity to be strengthened with right are they going to go with what the scripture actually says or with what they think it should say and i think it means uh you know i think i i must have fallen from goloka I uh, must have i you know whatever they just think they just took it like that so that so there's any number of ways in which these are just some crude examples that someone could be sincere about what they're doing but what they're doing may not be bhakti what their idea of bhakti is that's something that you that grows that you you you, you know you, in time only you will understand some of the things that you've heard over and over again for for years and years and go that's what it's been. I don't think I've ever thought of it like that. Wow, that's different. I'm going to move like this now. Hmm? And then you've got to be ready to move. Right? Hmm? So we're kind of joining again and again at different levels of understanding. And some people are like, I'm not ready for that level. And it's just like Prabhupada one day in New York said, so uh, tomorrow there will be initiations. And we said, well, what's that, Prabhupada? So it means they accept the guru as good as God, and some people said, "I'm not into that." Swamiji's great; it's been fun, but that's like, well, not for me. You know, and other people lined up to get initiated and so forth. Right. So, some understanding of what you're involved in is is uh, is required, and that's why we call it Shastriya Shraddha. Hmm? faith in the in the actual scriptural argument. Right. So anyway, anyway, this this is one one of the one example of how someone could have um, be be sincere, but again, uh, sentiment without philosophy, just becomes um, uh, kind of something else, it can become fanaticism. Hmm? It's not a, a well reasoned faith. Hmm? It's not a a uh, wise expression of 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 love hmm? and of course without good association and uh, you know our sadhana is a skill i often say so it's not just some rote thing that you do every day it's a skill and you don't have to tell your temperature and see what 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 actually works what 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 helps to grow your body you have this kind of meter that you're going by that increasing your interest, your enthusiasm, your understanding or not, and if it's not what you're doing, then you think maybe I better do that. There are other ways to do this and and be the ability to kind of think for yourself. A sadhaka has to be a thinking person. There's too many devotees who just do not want to be thinking people in the name of fidelity to the Guru, like in the name of fidelity to Prabhupada. They resist being a thinking person, hmm? because what do they think? Well, they might think something wrong. Whereas, Prophet said, you know, like this. Hmm? You know, it may be that there are other books, and I know there are previous charges, and they may be good, and there may be things in those books that are different from Prophet's. But that's a slippery slope. I don't know if I want to go there. Hmm? The safe thing is just do exactly what Prophet said. Not the safe thing is not to think. No, that's not the safe thing. Hmm. that is is not doing what you need to do at this point where you start to realize those things, that becomes apparent to you and it makes you nervous because each step is like, uh-oh, I have to go there until it's, you know, downhill and then you're just running. But I have to go there. Uh-oh, I, I have to surrender on another level. Hmm. I have to be unknowing. Mm-hmm. I have to accept an unknowingness. I mean, I know Prabhupada's books really well. I can repeat them. I got new devotees to join, and they even follow me and so forth. But now, you know, now I've got to, uh-oh, you know, I got to examine what Prabhupada said in relation to what some previous acharya said that might be different. And yeah, that's what you have to do when that when you start to realize that you you know you have a guru he has a, appeared to you not out of in a vacuum hmm? but he has associates he has a scriptural um, edifice and history uh, what did you call it a yeah, canon you know for, for centuries and uh, there are saints uh, in that and they're all there to help you hmm? and you want to understand your guru now historically how he appeared at what time what he said then and what time it is now? If it's a different time, and so on and so forth, um, and if, and you don't want to do that, it makes you uncomfortable, because why? Because your faith is actually tender. Hmm? Imagine that the idea that your faith may be challenged by reading one of Rupa Goswami's books. I mean, obviously you've got a problem <laughs> because the book is meant for strengthening your faith. It what it may do is bring into question the ideas that you have in your mind that you're following and pursuing that you think is what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is what Guru Tattva is, for example and what it means to serve the Guru the Guru is absolute or such statements what it what it means what it means to you and how you have interpreted may be an entirely different thing the fear that if I read Rupa Goswami's book rather than Prabhupada's and he says it different from Prabhupada that my faith may be challenged. You better read the book. Yeah, you better get your faith challenged, and let it grow. Hmm? Otherwise, you're you're just you're 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 putting at best putting off your own progress. And the challenge that now is before you. That's the challenge before you. Hmm? To revert to not thinking. Yeah, there was a stage where you shouldn't think you needn't have to be told what to think, what go do you to your is Now you got it. Think about it. Hmm? You should be able to think about it and reason about it and and resolve contradictions and, and be happy with the fact that verses can be applied in different ways, just mean different things at different times and and so on and so forth. But you know, there's a lot of devotees that don't don't do that. And, and they're at the point where they should be. And they're they even are aware of it. But they don't understand that that's what's happening to them. And therefore, they don't go there. They just feel they have this comfort zone. Hmm? Well, Sadhu Sangha is not a comfort zone, I can tell you that. I mean, it is kind of, but it, 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 it's it's meant to challenge us. Hmm? We have to think about it and we have to grow and so forth. It's not just there to pat you on the back and Prabhu, adibo. Um, how's your baby? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so forth. And that can be there too, but it, it's meant to challenge our understanding so that we 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 grow. Mm-hmm. Hmm? If we uh, av- avoid that, hmm? and we see that sometimes, in the name of faith and fidelity, for example, the property there's there's some strong uh, opposition, almost a samskar against sadhusanga. Of other gaudi Vaishnavas. I mean, I was <laughs> recently in Poland. This is a little bit different, but my mind goes to and it's related. And there was an Iskon uh, farm uh, community there, small, and in the same place that we, you know, did the program. And they invited Agni Dave to come uh, to do kirtan, and um, and uh, they felt a little, you know, constrained. They were good devotees, but constrained by the. Hierarchy of laws and so forth, which prevented someone like me coming. But they said, "Well, he could come at this time with Agni, <laughs> and would we'll do, and Agni can do some kirtan, and he can have darshan, you know. But uh, if I let him give a class or something like that, I might feel like maybe I should. But you know, the, the, what the authorities will say, it'll be difficult, you know, that kind of a thing, you know. So, so I went, you know, did my thing, I sat quietly and so forth. But the kirtan was good, and then the lady who was in charge said, "Well, maybe you could say a few words, you know, uh, Panch tatva so which was the deity, so." So we did, and so it was nice, and, um, and, and then she came to the class. She was the president. Of the, she came to the class I gave that night. She told um, some of our devotees, he's different. He, his classes are different, <laughs> very different. I can see why you've you know, chosen him as your guru. So she was nice, and I gave her one of my books. Um, but on the last day, I took up a collection from our sangha, and I donated too for money that was donated to me to buy the temple a nice murdanga, because um, Pemarnava had gotten this really nice murdanga for our sangha Mm -hmm. and I wanted to get one like that and so actually I wanted to give give that one but but uh Somebody cautioned me that Premarna was too attached to having given it, given it to our Sangha. <laughs> so I said, all right, we'll buy one like that from the same, same place. So um, then some devotees were like, kind of like shocked. Like, wow, that's out of the norm. I said, no, that is normal. That's normal. That's how abnormal the Gaudiya community is. This is normal. The hmm? giving gifts, exchanging hmm. ways of showing love amongst the bodhis. Uh, her husband was uh, the kirtanier who led the kirtan. He played the murdanga nicely. I wanted to give him a nice mridanga, the kirtan. Hmm. You know, strings attached. You know, I mean that's just normal Vaishnavism. Hmm. And when. What to speak of hearing from another Vaishnava. A godi Vaishnava is in town. Well, let's go. That's art. Sampradaya, right? Hmm. So you see, uh, that's uh, some people are running on a, like a different track here hmm. in the name of bhakti. And there are other ways, you know, that, um, that uh, you know, gurus may be very... Uh, uh, ad- advanced or they may not be as advanced but at least they should be learned hmm? and so that so that, that they speak and hear themselves speak and speak in a way that challenges them hmm? not to just new people tell them the simple tr- truths but grow the community of devotees and, and so challenging to take the community to deeper understanding. If they're not challenging themselves like that and they have just a big mission and just making new devotees, making new in the classes. And so Lord Chaitanya came to distribute the love of God. And so that's what we're gonna do. And and we're gonna give up sleep for that. And and if we have to stop eating we'll stop eating. And 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 we're gonna uh, not let any stone go unturned without chanting Hare Krishna underneath it. Hmm. And, and and this is Nityananda Prabhu's mercy and that's what Prabhupada wanted and Gaur Premanande! Hadio. what was the verse about? <laughs> <laughs> now, of course I'm exaggerating, but I have heard some classes like that. So the preaching is about preaching. It's not teaching what the what what the, what it is, hmm? which can give you some pause about preaching. Some devotees told me that some, what Guru much when I hear from you, I, I I get nervous about preaching because I realize I don't know that much. I said, That's good. You know, it's preaching. It's just not like everybody's qualified to do that. And they should know what you're talking about. And so talk about it on the level that you do understand it when there's a favorable opportunity, teachable moment that arises and so forth. Uh, so, um, Anyway, there's another kind of a situation where it's just about preaching, expanding, expanding. That I mean that's what's it all about, right? I mean that sell books, for example. And then like Trip Ray, like, what is that was he doing? You know, he was supposed to be selling with books, you know. I mean, you know, he's writing a book. I mean, you know, how how confused can you be? Right? And people have those kind of thoughts. You know, this is like this is not the, putting two two together. But anyway, you can This is another example, and then because the preaching is 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 um, gets kind of like watered down, hmm? then it may one's practice may be watered down. Then you may be connecting with people on another level, on an emotional level, rather than a scriptural level. hmm? You know, Guru is not that touchy and feely. I can tell you that. hmm? Probably wasn't a touchy feely person. Shrinamarsh wasn't a touchy-feely person. That's you need to. That's okay, to a point, obviously. But you need to connect on another level. If you're only connecting on the touchy-feely emotional button level, I press that button. It makes you afraid. You better do it right. Or this button. You're going to come and donate, or you're going to go here and do this work over here, and and, and forego other things, and so that I can have another temple. And and I think it's Lord Chaitanya's temple. And, you know, I'm saving the world. And uh, I'm the Pope of Hinduism, you know, whatever, you know, I'm an avatar or something. So these things happen in other, you know, not just in missions we may be familiar with, but there's a lot of them in India and so forth. So there's plenty of room for distortion, misconception and for it's it's, it's sadhana is an art. It's a skill hmm? It has to be skillfully performed. You have to understand it. I and mean, for that, we need good association so anyway that help alright we we'll stop there Shri Krishna Janamastami Mahatsapa Jai Shri Krishna Balaram Je Jai Vod Premanand